Welcome to the Nonlinear Library, where we use text-to-speech software to convert the best writing from the rationalist and EA communities into audio. This is, Long COVID Risks, 2023 Update, published by Elizabeth on May 6, 2023 on Less Wrong. Back in 2021 I wrote a post estimating the risk of long COVID. Recently a client hired me to do an update, focusing on changes induced by Paxlovid and vaccination. This was a less than 5 hours project and the literature wasn't very rich so nothing I say here is conclusive, but nothing I said last time was conclusive either so let's enjoy this together. Some caveats. I spent 5 hours on this, and that includes client-specific work I'm not including here. Research that met my standard was really scarce, ultimately each conclusion is based on a single study. My goal was data that includes a large population not selected for having long COVID, where reporting was automated so you don't need to worry about response bias. In practice, this means I use data from large medical systems with integrated reporting, like the American Department of Veteran Affairs, National Medical Systems, and HMOs. Surveys from long COVID support groups were ignored with prejudice. Summary. Vaccination helps, a bit, given a medically diagnosed infection, which means it was serious enough to actually get you to the doctor. Up-to-date vaccination lowers the risk of long COVID by about 20%. This does not include the reduction in risk of having diagnosable COVID in the first place, which is substantial. Paxlovid helps, more, Nermatrelvir, which is one of two drugs that make up Paxlovid, reduces long COVID risk by about 30% for medically diagnosed infections, which means it was serious enough to actually get you to the doctor. An optimist might hope the other drug, which is in the same class, although most commonly used as an adjuvant, is also useful and round this to 50%. Most symptoms are temporary, Long COVID does tend to get better over time, but how quickly depends on the symptom. At one year post-infection, the rate of heart issues is nearly indistinguishable from controls, but cognitive issues have a 50% chance of persisting. Calculate your absolute risk. Your absolute risk depends on your age and comorbidities. The measured risk for 70-year-old men, not controlling for comorbidities, of developing at least one serious sequelae of medically diagnosed COVID N, which means it was serious enough to actually get the patient the doctor, is tilde 12%. If you want to norm this for your own demographic, you can get a very crude estimate by entering your demographic information in this calculator, dividing your risk of hospitalization by 3 and multiplying the total by 0.4, which includes the 20% reduction from vaccination and the 50% reduction from Paxlovid. If you are a cis woman, multiply by 2 to account for increased risk, trans people, I have no idea, if you find good data please let me know. I cannot emphasize enough how crude this is. I got that 3 by making up a 70-year-old man with some common comorbidities, which has a risk of hospitalization of tilde 36%, and notice 36 twelfths equals 3. I don't think The Economist has been keeping up to date with the latest strains of COVID or even the impact of vaccination. These proposed calculations are strictly for order of magnitude estimates. Sample calculation. A 35-year-old woman with no comorbidities shows a 3.8% risk of hospitalization, with their data, which I believe is very old. 3.8% slash 3 equals 1.3%. 1.3%0.4 equals half a percent. Times 2 for being female equals 1.0%. So a COVID infection bad enough to require medical attention has a 1 chance in 100 of a serious persistent issue post-COVID. Studies. Nermatrelvir and the risk of post-acute sequelae of COVID-19, preprint. This study compared people who got COVID and received Nermatrelvir, half of Paxlovid. It used data from the American Department of Veteran Affairs, which means the participants are older, average age 65, overwhelmingly male, tilde 90%, and very white, 75%.
Last time I checked maleness increases the risks of short-term COVID consequences but decreases the risks of long-term consequences, so good luck balancing that calculation. The distribution of medication was not random. They don't specify beyond this, but I assume VA doctors are more likely to aggressively treat patients who are sicker or have more comorbidities, which should lead the study to understate the impact of treatment. Additionally they were only giving nermetrelvir, which is one of the two drugs packaged together to make Paxlovid. I'm going to be an optimistic and assume the second drug was included for good reasons, which make this study underrepresent the usefulness of Paxlovid. But they don't give the dosage at all, so there is a wild card. All that said, nermetrelvir was quite helpful, cutting the risk of long COVID, PASC, at 90 days by tilde 25%, which in this group translated to 2.5 percentage points. Survival here means survive WO long COVID symptoms. You might ask why that goes down over time, given some people recover between days 30 and 90. I believe the answer is that they didn't check for symptoms persistence, any diagnosis of long COVID issues put participants in the past bucket forever. Effect by symptom. Long COVID after breakthrough SARS-CoV-2 infection. This is another study with VA data. They compared outcomes of infection after vaccination, compared with vaccinated controls. Participants with infections after vaccination, aka breakthrough infections, had a 12 percentage point increase in risk of symptoms in 12 areas, compared to vaccinated people who didn't get infected. Again, the study population is probably at higher risk than average due to age and associated comorbidities. However, this risk is heavily concentrated among hospitalized patients. They also compared the risks to those of infections in unvaccinated people. Vaccination clearly helped, but not by as much as one would hope. Just for fun, here's the long-term risks of COVID relative to the flu. Long COVID outcomes at one year after mild SARS-CoV-2 infection, nationwide cohort study. This paper looked at long-term health outcomes from an Israeli HMO. It mixed vaccinated and unvaccinated participants but held infection severity constant, which is unforgivable from an absolute risk estimation standpoint but probably fine for looking at the trajectory of recovery from long COVID over time. Mild appears to mean did not end up in the hospital, however the case did need to be serious enough that it made it into medical records in the first place. The general trend is things get better, with the rate of improvement varying by symptom type. Unfortunately cognitive effects are the slowest to resolve, with at best a 50% recovery rate one year out. Thanks for listening. To help us out with the nonlinear library or to learn more, please visit nonlinear.org.